The two of you are beginning a strange journey. A journey that no Earth people have ever undertaken before. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! Dave! Doc Hallen's been killed. Doc Hallen? What happened? It's over at his place. You gotta come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the Doc. Well, what was it? Stop with it, kid. But well, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's... Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Sierra. I'm Dylan. I'm Erica. Hey, I'm Steve. And today, to continue our Decades Month, we're going to be talking about 1950s sci-fi. We're going to start out with This Island Earth, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and The Blob. Enjoy. Alright, so I think um, what we wanted to do with this episode is, obviously, we're going to talk about the movies individually, but we wanted to start out by talking about what how we noticed the change of style from the 1950s to the 1960s. I think the biggest thing for me is that I noticed that the 50s definitely focuses on romance. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. Um, watching, because we, we started out with this island earth, and there's the connection between the main character and the girl that he meets at the facility that he's brought to. And then uh, going into the blob, like there's these moments with uh, Steve McQueen and the girl... Jane. Jane, yeah. Janey, baby. <laughs> yeah. But his name is Steve Andrews, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Steve I know. Queen, well, his character, his yeah. yeah. But, um... I mean, there's moments where they're together, and it's like, they have... And same with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's, like, these cutaway scenes where there's, like, ten minutes of them all being lovey and talking it's not about even, life together. The thing that I noticed, though, it's not even, like, they're, um, like... Uh, solidified as couples. It's like there are two people that are interested in each other. They're not necessarily together completely. Maybe they're new to each like they're they're newly starting to date or they they've met before. They're interested in each other, but it's not like a a long time relationship. They're not married. They're not they're not long time dating. But it's like um, love forming from what they're going through. I think is kind of what it, it focuses on that and the sci fi aspect. I think is huge. Uh, this every movie had aliens. Yeah, and that was another thing too that um, what differed from these movies as opposed to uh, last week's movies was all three of these movies relied quite a bit. Uh, not so much Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but The Blob and um, This Island Earth. They relied very heavily on special effects or like props. A mm-hmm. lot there was a lot of props put into it. Exactly. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The only ones. The only special effects I'd really say was when it was showing the pods creating the humans. I think that we can thank the 60s for the horror that we have now because I really feel that that's where modern horror started was the 1960s for sure because... Oh, yeah. um, You know, horror... And I thought um, all three of these movies were great films. They're not by any means bad. They're just not necessarily what you would consider horror to this day. And even... On a sci-fi level, they're not... They were fun. Yeah, they were, they were all cool. Of them were fun. 
Yeah. But it was like they're not what you would even consider modern sci-fi either. Like they had the aliens and that aspect and the spaceships and stuff, and that is really if you took the spaceship and aliens out, you know, like it would be they would be romance movies. They wouldn't be horror. I think the closest thing to sci-fi we have today would be this island Earth because it had to me it had very heavy like Star Trek feels. Yeah, it had it had UFO. Yeah, no, all the it, whole it, nine yards. It definitely did, and I, I think what a lot of that has to do with, though, is the the fifties was like the style in general. Uh, from from what I've I've noticed, is very, very it's an atomic sort of era. Yeah. Like so, it's mm-hmm. it's very Cold War esque. Exactly, and, and it those all stems real, from the space race. Yeah, exactly. So those were all like real fears that people had, and I, I think that that's why these movies were that era's horror. And it is extremely different from from the '60s, and obviously even more so uh, different than what we have today. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that they're they're still excellent movies and a, a great um, a great stepping stone um, built on top of you know earlier horror. Uh, but it's it's definitely more more spacey and more aliens, which we all know aren't up my alley. But uh. yeah, this uh, Erica is afraid of aliens. In case uh, I haven't told you all that a thousand times, like before. thousand direct times, messages, yeah, no. direct messages, pictures of aliens. No, no, no. Find yeah. EJ Madness on Instagram and tag her in alien pictures. EJ Madness. If I get a bunch of tags, I'm going to be so heated. <laughs> you know, when I think of the 1950s, you can't help but think of, like, uh, like the atomic bombs and hydrogen bombs creating gigantic monsters. Like, I feel like the 1950s really relied heavily on, like, radioactivity mm-hmm. for their main, like, premise of, like, setting up, like, the dangers in these, like, sci-fi horror movies, which relates to the Cold War. And uh, you hit the nail on the head, right, Sierra, when you said, like, about love interests. Almost every movie, if I had a dollar for any 1950s sci-fi, where the main uh, protagonist meets a love interest and the relationship at first is so rocky, but towards the end it becomes this, like, big romantic, like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could literally, like, bet your dollar on it. It's going to happen in almost any movie from the 50s. Mm -hmm. It was a big focus, and I think think that definitely has to do with the time period, because... In the 1950s, it wasn't abnormal to... You got out of high school and you got married. That's what you did, you know? You settled mm-hmm. down much quicker than uh, than what we do now. You know, so I think I think you can definitely tell how much the times inspired the films that were made at that point. Uh, especially for the 50s, where with the 60s, like I said, I feel like the 60s were was, was really what got us to ho- modern horror as it is today. Uh, I think that you can definitely read when you watch a, a 50s movies you can read 50 all over it you know yeah definitely and I think it's interesting this month too that we're actually going backwards instead of like you know starting with in the order 30s, yeah. 40s yeah yeah I think it's an interesting uh, take on on this month's decades of horror we're seeing we're, we're regressing instead of progressing <laughs> yeah I wouldn't say that though because uh, I think it's funny because um, we've some of the movies from our our coming episodes we've watched, some of them we've watched trailers for, and it seems like every other decade they get scarier. So, yeah. like, the 1950s are kind of like, okay, it's sci-fi, they're fun adventures, they're not super scary, but then the, for- the movies that we're watching for the 40s, they kind of look creepy, and then the 30s are, like, kind of weird and odd, and then the 20s look really terrifying, so it's, like, um, it's funny to see how it, like, kind of... It's like um, a seesaw. It goes back and forth. 
So um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to dive more into these these films that we're going to cover in the future, in the near future. Not only that, but it's it's really interesting because I, I feel like you can definitely watch watch movies from the 30s and tell that they're from the 30s. You mm-hmm. can watch movies from the 40s and you know that they're from that, exactly. that era. And then it's like you get to the 80s and then after that it's like 90s horror and like up it kind of just all melds together and it's yeah. like there's no real for Well, me, you know, I think I, like, I think the biggest thing with modern horror that the the, the only way to honestly I feel really tell um, modern like 2000s horror from 90s horror is the quality goes up and everything's remakes now or paranormal like you literally yeah, have true. you have two yeah. options of horror movies these days found, for the most part you footage. have you have found footage okay three we'll go three you have found footage paranormal and remakes that's what you got well what's interesting yep. too looking at it this way is like Sierra had pointed out um, a couple days ago when we were talking about the upcoming episodes was like we just covered the 1960s and like Psycho came out in 1960, which was just two years after The Blob. The Blob, and they're like, totally yeah, different. Exactly, totally different styles of movie. And it's like it makes me want to dive a little bit deeper into the 50s because they don't want to label the 50s as this kind of rose-tinted, very unrealistic view of the world. I don't want to label that from these three movies because I feel like we just happen to pick three movies that are very similar. And there's got to be more out there that is showing that transition from the 50s to the 60s that we just didn't grab. Um, So I definitely want to do... I I think that that doing the decades thing may become a yearly thing because uh, I think that there's definitely more movies that we need to touch on before we can say for sure that this is cut and dry how this era was. How it is, yeah. I agree. Yeah, with that. it's just yeah. I think just like the fifties, though, for the most part, it was just overtaken by like you know the giant monster movies and you mm-hmm. know space and aliens. But I would love to dive in deeper into those and transitional kind of find movies, those ones. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I think I think maybe we'll we'll make that a point in a in the in the schedule. We'll we'll have to find some some movies from the fifties that kind of don't meet what we assume they would. You know, they aren't what we think they're going to be. Yeah, definitely. That would be interesting. Alright. So let's dive into This Island Earth. This Island Earth. Universal International presents the most startling, the most imaginative and suspenseful science fiction drama ever brought to the screen. You'll marvel at the superior intelligence that unleashes its deadly ray. This Island Earth was released in 1955. It's directed by Joseph Newman. The story that it was based on called Alien Machine was written by Raymond F. Jones, and the screenplay was written by Franklin Cohen. Just uh, real quick, though, uh, Faith Demigrew, or mm-hmm. Demigrew, uh, she was in a shit ton of 1950s horror movies. Yeah. I instantly recognized her face, and one uh, movie from the 1950s that I love is uh, it came from beneath the sea, which is about a giant radioactive octopus attacking uh, the city of San Francisco. And she is one of the main like female protagonists who, of course, is in a love interest like with the main protagonist, who's like an army general or something. So just to see familiar her like in yet another sci-fi horror, and then going and looking back, she like really dominated this era. Like she was in a lot of fucking movies, and she went on even to movies into the eighties too. 
Damn, like early eighties, so <laughs> yeah, she was she was busy in the world of horror. So shout outs to her. She was a bit of a babe too. Oh, without yeah, a doubt, yeah, she was. She was really pretty. You ought to see her in It Became the It. It, uh, it came from beneath the sea. She's wearing a bathing suit. You <laughs> the girl, the girl from Vermont. She's so lewd. <laughs> Right. The girl from Vermont? Wait, what? That's where That's he right. met her. He met her and they went swimming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't her. She's the whole... Yeah. No, it was. She's playing... Yeah, no, it was. No, She's know, playing it know, off like it's not. Because that whole brain Don't scan Don't talk about thing. that, okay. you had me Can we just discuss that this movie should have been called This Island Forehead? Yes, <laughs> Eric. Thank you. This dude had the deepest <laughs> voice. This what dude. the fuck, man? Like, his forehead bugged me out the entire fucking movie. All and of them. I couldn't stop staring pants, at them. The yeah. shitty spray pants <laughs> killed me, too. But then, on top of that, the one thing that really did irk me about this movie, and it's really, like, one of my only real complaints, was that there was that really high-pitched, uh, sc- like, beep or screech yeah. throughout, like, a lot of the parts of the movie, and it literally made me want to throw my controller through the TV. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about when they're on the spaceship. Yeah, but the Well, guy- that, and there was, like, a couple times when it just, like, popped up, and it literally, it was giving me a headache, and I was just like, yeah. I couldn't imagine watching it in theaters and hearing that. Oh I would have been, like, out. <laughs> the, the main character, Cal, like, Sierra pointed out when we were watching it, like, the one-liners that he had and shit, it reminded me so much of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Like, you can definitely yeah. see his, inf- like, Bruce Campbell's influence from movies like this. Like, the the cocky attitude, the deep voice, and, like, the yeah. just quirky, like, narcissistic one-liners. Did you, the one line that stuck with me, like, so much is when they were putting together the, um... Uh, what the, the the machine? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of what it's called, but they were putting together the machine, right? And uh, his his friend was like, um, "Well, look at this. I think my wife would really like one of those." And he was like, "What do you want her to gain twenty pounds?" I was like, "Damn, not <laughs> fired, dude. Savage as fuck, <laughs> right?" But no, it it was interesting. Um, I, I like that it takes a turn because. We, like we watched the trailer for the movie before we watched the actual movie, and when you watch the trailer, the entire trailer just shows them in space. So when we started the, the, movie, the movie, yeah, the majority of the movie they're on Earth, and like uh, Cal gets sent to this. Do you want to give a yeah. plot outline so yeah. people know what, <laughs> what the movie is about? Um, Doctor Mika Meacham is chosen along with others by the inhabitants of the planet Metaluna to do research that will help save the dying planet. However, an evil scheme is uncovered by the suspecting Dr. Meacham when he discovers that the Metal Lunan's plans are to take over Earth. Dr. Meacham then escapes an exploding Metal Lunan-built Earth lab along with Dr. Adams, only to be kidnapped while flying away in a small plane. A flying saucer whisks both of the scientists off to Metal Luna, where they are held accountable for blowing up the Metal Lunan Earth lab during their escape. They later escape there with the help of exec... Exeter, Sierra. Exeter. It's Exeter! Exeter. This is her new M. Night Shyamalan, I'm telling you. <laughs> she, she's throwing extra letters in there. The help of Exeter, the friendly Metaluna then self-destructs, and the doctors make it safely back to Earth, which is saved from the from the, the, uh, the Metaluna invasion, and then Ex- Exeter dies. Yeah. I just had to throw that. He, like, 
drives his which, flying saucer into the ocean. Which is totally unnecessary. They're like, yeah. oh, come with us. We'll heal your wounds. Like, he's we like, can... no, I'm going to go travel. And they're like, nah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're, like, they're like, yo, you have no power to travel. And he's like, I'll be good. And then they just like, they end the movie with his fucking ship just crashing and exploding. Like, how fucking dark and depressing is that? Yeah, I, uh, I, I like the fact that they were all biochemists. And here we go back to that reoccurring theme of like, nuclear like you know power and stuff yeah. and the involvement on that throughout the 50s and that was their whole reason you know building this gigantic yeah. war weapon i fucking love the the fact that when they build that computer like anything that they don't want them to have they just fucking laser beam it they're like they're like put that in front of here and they just listen it's like what are they gonna do they're through fucking computers you know you know what's gonna happen and they break it but they put it down and he's like all right and then like step back farther To the door. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the exact same thing every time they do it. They like go through this whole thing with them. Yeah. It's really funny. I love in the beginning how much uh, when he first shoots the lasers and sets uh, Dr. Meacham's office on fire, how fucking calm... Dr. Meacham and the his friend movie, are. Dude, like, you know, Dr. Oh. Meacham is like, like, there's aliens. It's it's like, well. There's aliens showing themselves to you, and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, okay, can I just, so I have one question. How the fuck did they not know that Exeter was an alien? Like, that forehead was like a That forehead ago. gave it away. And it had, like, not just him, it was, but, like, super obvious. Yeah, but, all of them, and they were, like, way. Yeah, like, also Brack. They were, like, way tanner. Too, I've known, like, so, I've known some people with some big foreheads. Me. Yeah, I know, but this takes it to a whole new level. That, this look like those a, foreheads took the cake. Um, <laughs> they look like shark fins with hair and horrible spray tans. So, this movie has a huge, uh, very well-known character that actually is not very important to the whole plotline. It's the Metaluna Mutant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of pissed about famous, that. Yeah. Very famous creature in horror. Huge, like... Yeah. And it took us forever to figure out. We didn't know what movie it was from originally. Oh, Not, for years. For, yeah. for years I didn't know. And we had figured it out when we were still living in New York. Yeah, I, I started collecting the, the Funko Pop vinyls. From Rosendale Retro. Yeah, and they let out the... Um, they let out all the Universal Monsters and Metal and Mutant was one of them. And I'm like, I gotta find out where this fucking thing's from. So I found the name out, I googled it. And we found out this was probably like five or six years ago mm-hmm. now and like at that point i was like yo i gotta check this movie out because you know we've always loved the universal monsters and shit but for the last five six years that's just been that just yeah we gotta check this out yeah, and then we, we never ha- did so we finally, <laughs> we finally watched it um so i was looking into the movie and trying to get some information on it and what i had found is that jeff morrow's and rex reason both walked out of the premiere when the metal Luna mutant came out because they were so embarrassed by the look of it Really? Yeah, Fuck because, that. I okay. thought that thing was well, awesome. Initially, okay, so if you watch, like, the the torso up is, like, very well done and, and really in. And Didn't then they're they just wearing pants. Yeah, and yeah. then they're just wearing trousers. Like, just <laughs> oh, pants. yeah, you are right about and that. And they though. said <laughs> that they had made a whole bottom to it, but to make it, they were having trouble to make it move mm-hmm. and, like, look right. So they just ended up having the guy put on pants. So they were so they were so mad that they did that, and they were so embarrassed by it that they actually like while the movie was premiering in theaters, they walked out when the Metal Lunar Mutant came on because they didn't want to be laughed at. I was really Damn. bummed out though yeah. because we, that was the main thing I was looking forward to. And it was in the like movie. in like two minutes of the movie. Yeah, then. we were like we had like ten and they minutes. They weren't even like they weren't even scary. Like they were just there like, was only like two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one was injured. 
Yeah, but that was, like, the main thing I was looking forward to in the movie was the Metaluna Mutants, and there was, yeah, we had, like, ten minutes left to the movie, and they still hadn't shown up yet, and I was like, alright, maybe it's gonna be this big thing, like, they're gonna get ambushed at the end or some shit, and just one comes out, they Move. kill it, they kill it right away, and then the other one climbs onto the ship, they kill it no problem, and it was kind of anticlimactic, I think. I think, though, for the, for, for the time period... Very misleading, very, very uh, cool. cover. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of really interesting facts on this movie that I think are just, like, so perfect for the time period. Um, the first one that I found that I really liked was that the flying saucer in this movie was actually based on a photograph from 1950s of what they believed to be a real flying saucer. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Also, there this is not confirmed, but this is, like, legendary rumor. Conspiracy? We get into conspiracy? It's possibly oh, conspiracy. Shit. They believe that the miniature model of Earth that they use in this movie when they're in space and they're going away from Earth is what they use to make the Universal opening. Okay, I could see that. That would be pretty cool. It would make sense. Universal did make this film. Um, it's, yeah. You know, yeah. but they said that that's highly believed in the Universal. Yeah. You know, but there is no confirmation on whether that is actually true or not. I don't see why it wouldn't be. You think there would be somebody still alive? They said that, that it it was not, it's not the what they use now. It was what they used from nineteen fifty or no, what is it? Nineteen fifty to nineteen. Hold on. Oh, I didn't write down to nineteen eighty. Okay. So the nineteen the end of the nineteen fifties to nineteen eighty is what they're saying they use it from. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found that this movie was a double feature from with Invaders from Mars, which came out way before it. That's funny. But movies can't stay in theaters a lot yeah. longer than so. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, back then you didn't have, like, home video and stuff, so... It like, does make sense, though. Say a movie that. came out that you loved, like, ten years ago, the only time you're seeing it is if it's, like... In theaters. In theaters again or on TV, or on TV yeah. Which back then yeah. didn't have a lot of channels, so chances are it wasn't on <laughs> TV. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that this was, um... I think this movie was really cool. I, I mean, it wasn't exactly what I was picturing. I was definitely expecting a lot more of an issue that they had with the Metaluna mutants. They were very easily defeated. Um, I think it's a bummer because even the cast were kind of disappointed with the outcome. Yeah. Um, so that's a bummer. But this movie does, like, it is still really, really renowned for what it was. There were some so. standout things for me. Um, one thing that I really loved was the set that they used for the planet of Metaluna. Yeah. And I really loved Definitely. the concept. Really they loved- made it look, too, like it was huge. Like yeah. when yeah. They, they, You can tell that they're on, like, a, a soundstage or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they're so tiny. Like, this had to have been huge space. Yeah. Because you can see them, and they look like little ants running across it. And it's like... But I, I love the concept, too, and it shows it a lot when they're first coming down to the uh, planet. But the fact that they had moved the entire planet to the inside of the, like, the inside of the planet. And you see them, like, go out into, like, an outer shell and, like, the tunnels and the buildings and stuff inside the planet. I thought that that was a really cool concept, and I thought that that was... This movie also cool. had a huge budget to be able to do that. Oh, I believe it. Eight hundred thousand. Yeah, it's universal. Yeah. yeah, at that time, definitely. Well, the, out of the yeah, three the movies, this one had the biggest uh, had the biggest budget out of the three movies that we did. I could see Besides it. Besides the, the Metaluna mutant being a letdown, because I was really fucking looking forward to that thing. Like, and I wish it was involved more. I think I think it but, looked cool. Yeah, I think I think that they did a good job special effects wise on the Metaluna mutant. I think that its look was really cool from the waist up. I just think that yeah. Um, 
that we were expecting a lot more from it because it was such it's what they uh, um they advertise they, yeah they marketed as like the big thing and, I and think they're not even there what, really wasn't a, a necessary bad guy in this film there really I would, wasn't. Really, it was I would kind say of like everybody them. was doing the right thing for what they believed was right. Yeah. Believed it was right, yeah. My, I will say, making up for it real quick, though, Yeah. Uh, you know, the special effects used in this movie for this time was, I think, a little bit ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, it really blew it out of the water. And that's what it really appealed to me in this movie and actually kind of made up for the absence of the uh, metalunum. Because that's what I was looking forward to the most, but... To see, like, what Dylan mentioned with the set design and, like, the special effects for, like, the explosions and other, and all these flashy colors, it just kind of took me back a bit. I was like, wow, for this time, this is top notch. I love the, um, fucking, just the mindset of, like, sci-fi movies or, like, anything sci-fi that's in this, like, genre of sci-fi. Just that you can get, like, any weird-shaped object Make it do some beeping noises and add some like different colored lights, and, and you're like, "Yo, and that it's, it's, it's perfect." perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a prop of some sort. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> right. Um, uh, that's instantly what I thought. <laughs> that's what Sarah said too. She's like, "Isn't that the Jimmy Neutron thing?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, I a big thing that I noticed, and not just with this one, with all three of these movies, I feel like it relies a lot more on sound effects than the oh, movies yeah, that for we sure. like in oh, the yeah. 60s. I feel like music was big, but like I'm I'm not talking music, although music was big in these as well. Mm. I'm talking literal sound effects from that like high pitched sound that you hear in uh-huh. the um, in the spaceship. To like you, you hear you know machines running. You hear you know doors opening, closing. Like you hear a lot more. That was my door opening. Somebody delivered me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot more um, in these films, and I think they focus on it. Where in the sixties, I feel like the absence of sound kind of made it more eerie. Yeah. Where the they focus so much on sound in these, so it, it's totally two totally different filming techniques and and ways to go at like a horror style film. I know that and it fits best. It sci-fi. fits best for uh, each uh, genre too, because, for example, if you had Psycho and you didn't really have the music, but you had like every single sound of it'd like the door opening, yeah, it'd be weird. But then, oh yeah, at the same time, if you had this movie and you had the spaceship, but you had just like orchestral music playing over all the sounds and stuff, it, it would be weird. So yeah, so. I think I think sci-fi movies need need some funny funny. And interesting sounds and music. Like, it can't be just, like... You can't put music that you would put to a horror movie to a sci-fi horror. Because sci-fi horror, you need, like... If it doesn't sound like Star Wars or Star Trek, you're not doing it right. (laughs) Like, you know it's not sci-fi unless it has, like, that really dramatic music in the background. (laughs) Gotta have beeps and boops. Yeah, there's gotta be beeps, boops. There's gotta be, like, that sound, like, of, like, you press a button and it goes... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? The Explosions. Yeah. The explosions. I feel were there's, so, there's got to be some sort that. of mention of losing air. You're not going to be able to breathe at some point <laughs> in the movie. You know. I, I I I did have a few complaints with this movie. One that I did have was I feel like the plot was kind of lacking. Yeah. I feel like the yeah. plot was there. I think the thing is is that they focused on the wrong stuff. I think they focused on the relationship between Doctor Adams and um, Cal more so than. The plotline. Woo! What was that? Was that AOL? Uh, it was, it was uh, Dan's fucking computer. My oh. bad. No, you're good. I thought it was our computer. No, but I would. I was saying, like, it's an interesting thing to have these aliens reach out for help. It's an interesting storyline, but it was kind of 
done in an anticlimactic way to yeah, where it's just like... Yeah, but that's the thing is that the aliens really weren't reaching... Like, it, it started out as them reaching out for help, and then it turned into, no, we're just going to take over, and we're going to... Like, we'll live together, and we'll be peaceful, I guess, but we're going to be the superior race. Yeah, but it's like, that's <laughs> that's a conflict that's brought up at the end of the movie, and it's resolved within three minutes yeah. of it being brought up, and then it's just yeah. like, well, we got to get back to Earth now, and it's like, all right, we got back to Earth, no problem. And then it's over. And also, they were at war, too, weren't they? They were at war with another planet, and I was like, where's the other, like, I would have wanted to see more involvement with that other planet that they they were at war with. All we saw were, like, meteors crashing down. Yeah, I I think, honestly, I I think that the reasoning why resolutions in the 1950s sci-fi were so simple and so quick was because of the fear that people were dealing with in the 50s. I feel like they needed the... Quirky, the happy, fun. They needed yeah. that happy yeah. ending, you know, because of how how tough times were at that point. And there's nothing know? happier than watching Exeter blow himself up for no reason over the ocean. Yeah, but the lovers <laughs> needed it. That's what Can we about. all just, just discuss for a second? This this movie gave me some serious Heaven's Gates vibes. Do you guys know what Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Gate is? No. Is it no. a cult? Okay, so they were a cult. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. oh, with yeah. the Nikes and the jumpsuits? Yeah, and they're all wearing <laughs> yeah. jumpsuits, and they all shaved their head. They're the ones that they killed themselves, like, and like they found like a bunch of bodies with just Nikes on. Yeah, yeah. well, they killed themselves because the comet was coming over, and they thought that there was a spaceship attached to the tail of the comet, and it was their mother's ship, and it was going to pick their pick their like souls up on the way. <laughs> So they had to kill themselves to release their souls from the bodies so that they could get picked up on the way. But yeah, no, this whole movie, I was like, this is some Heaven's Gate shit right here. (laughs) That's where they got the the religion from there. That's where they got Nike Air Force from. (laughs) Their Adidas tracksuits. Yeah, right? They could have gone all the way and just wore Adidas too and all been in the band corn. Yeah. Right? Wait, who else wore Adidas? Wasn't it Run DMC that did Adidas? This episode is brought yeah. to you by Adidas. <laughs> Adidas. <We're not> sponsored. <laughs> All day their, I dream about their, sex. What's their like tagline? All day I dream about sports. No, you, no, it's sex. not. Is it really? That's what yeah, Adidas it is. But for. that's what Adidas stands for. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? But, but then Corn. Corn wrote a song about it called Adidas, and they, 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 it was like All Day I Dream About Sex, and they all wore like Adidas tracksuits too. <laughs> so. Funny. Yeah, Corn's a shit. <laughs> Are we ready for ratings on this one? Yeah, I'm ready. You guys ready? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think we're ready. I think All right, we're cool. Good. Who's got Steven, go first. Okay. So, I was pretty disappointed that the, like we mentioned before, the lack of involvement of the Metaluna mutant. However, um, the special effects and the set design really did blow me out of the way. Uh, blow me out of the way. Blow me out of the water, pretty much. Like, I was really taken back by that. Um, and although the plot definitely... It could have focused on a lot more things. Like, for example, I wanted to see what that other planet was like that was attacking the Metaluna planet. You know? So I wish they would have focused that on that more. And the res- the resolution definitely seemed rush. But I think overall, I'm going to give this movie a solid 7. I think it's, you know, it's a pretty solid movie. It's definitely not my favorite from this era, but... You know, I think it's iconic in a way. Erica. All right. So I'm not really a big alien fan, but I actually like this. Um, I I think that it was a little lacking with um, with the plot, uh, but it, it didn't really 
it didn't really affect me too much. I, I liked a lot of the effects, um, especially for their time. I think I think they were pretty good, and it was it was just an interesting concept, really. And I would have liked to see more of a climactic ending, but it didn't bother me too bad that there wasn't one. So I think I'm gonna give this a I'm gonna give it a seven two syrup. Um, I thought this was really fun. Uh, I agree with Steven. I was a little disappointed. Not, like, crazy disappointed, but I was a little bummed out that the Metalunia mutant wasn't featured more. But I, I liked the idea of the plant, of the um, aliens coming here for help and working with scientists and, like, kind of getting, like, this secret group together. I thought that was a really interesting concept. Um, I think that they, I, I think that it was done fairly well, but I do feel that it was more of a romance than a sci-fi. Um, which I guess is just the 50s. They can just, like, wrap everything up into a romance and tie a little bow on it. But I think I'd give this movie a, a 7. I'll agree with Steven. Repeating a little bit what you guys had said, uh, the lack of the, the mutant... I wouldn't even say the lack of the mutant because I wouldn't have minded... The way that they use him. I wouldn't have minded if it was, like, a big reveal at the end, but just the lack of threat from the mutant. Like, it wasn't something that really needed to be feared, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, They could have done a little bit more with that, so it was kind of like a missed opportunity. Um, The plot, and maybe it's just, like, the the time we live in now because you know we've been exposed to star wars to star trek that are these big like adventures in space i would have liked to see more of the space aspect as opposed to the like in a laboratory on earth for 75 percent of the movie and then they go to space towards the end Mm -hmm. um but as far as the movie goes it it didn't bother me i wasn't bored with it for the most part, uh, throughout it, and I really enjoyed that the sets that they used, the special effects, it just screams fucking 1950s sci-fi. space sci-fi. Yeah. Thing. So, I, it wasn't anything that really stood out to me, though. I, I don't think that I'll probably ever watch this movie again. I, I think I'm gonna go with, like, a 5.8. 5.8. Wow, you're mean. You're vicious. This poor movie did nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I see the average rating? Yeah. The average rating is a six point eight. That's fair. Erica said it. (laughs) That's fair. I was gonna say yeah, Erica. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that is. I mean, honestly, I think overall that that really is like, it's it's a. I I went a little high on it because I I did enjoy it, but I, I think that that's an overall like a really fair rating for it. I think that it's it's in that six to seven range. It is. Mm-hmm. And we see the body it was. No, no, you've got to get out of here, please! They come from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet, bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super scope screen. It's whatever intelligence or instinct it is that can govern the forming of human flesh and blood out of thin air is... It's fantastically powerful, beyond any comprehension. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It was released in 1956. It was directed by Don... Don Siegel? Siegel? Jason Siegel. <laughs> Jason Siegel directed <laughs> Don Siegel. And, and his awesome ponytail. And it was written... No, that's Steven Seagal. Oh, that's Steven Seagal. Never mind. There's too many Seagals! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. Alright, uh, yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, it was released in 1956, directed by Don Seagal. 
uh, written by Daniel Mainwaring. Mainwaring. That's a weird name. Uh, it stars, stars Kevin McCarthy as Dr. Miles J. Bennell, Dana Winner as Becky Driscoll, Larry Gates as Dr. Dan, aka Danny Kaufman, and King Donovan as Jack. I'm not even fucking saying his last Yo, name. Yo, we're starting a new spinoff series, and it's going to be called Sarah vs. 1950s Names. <laughs> and we're going to see how many she can pronounce right. <laughs> I did it right. Because you are butchering Let's it. Let's do it. Not, not these ones. <laughs> Fuck you. If I had to take a guess at his last name, Jack Belisek. Belisek? We'll go Yo, with it. Yo, Belisek. What's up? We'll go with Belisek, uh, <laughs> yeah. This... Movie follows Dr. Miles Bennell as he returns to a small town practice to find several of his patients suffering the paranoid delusion that their friends or relatives are imposters. He is initially skeptical, especially when the alleged doppelgangers are able to answer questions, answer detailed questions about their victims' lives. But he is eventually persuaded that something odd has happened and deter- is a, uh, and is determined to find out what is causing this phenomenon. Yo, I'm going to say it right off the bat. This movie, the entire time, reminded me of the thing. Like, the paranoia of, like... Who can you trust? Who can you trust? Who is this? Yeah, that and the faculty. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got the faculty vibes, which they mention... They mention Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the movie. They're like, this is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. What's going on right now? (laughs) This movie was also remade in 1978. I I feel like the faculty was kind of... A remake the same loosely, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, like we... it was Robert Rodriguez's like little love letter, letter to this movie. Yeah, but the faculty was mad cheesy. <laughs> no, I love the faculty. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I do. I fucking love that movie. I haven't watched it in a while. I'd have to watch it. We'll we'll, we'll got a young Elijah Wood, Josh Hartnett. Uh, <laughs> what's his name from Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Not Saturday Night Live. Uh, what is it? The Daily Show he used to do. John. John Stewart. Okay. Is that. I'd yeah. have to rewatch it. It's been. I'm pretty movie. sure. I don't. It's been a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, but it's got it's got quite some familiar faces in it. And uh, <laughs> anyways, back on track with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This film was actually out of the three. This was my favorite one. I thought it was really, um, really cool. And I think uh, out of the three plot lines, I feel like this had the most in depth plot. Like there's so much to it. Um, uh, I thought. I think that my favorite part is when they kind of figure out exactly what's happening. And there's like. So pretty much in this movie, there's these pods, and they, um, while you're asleep, they get you, and they make a clone of you, essentially, that has all of your memories, and once they're finished becoming you, (laughs) you get killed. You go bye-bye. Go on. It's interesting. Yeah, that's it. That's what happens. (laughs) I'm pretty much in a nutshell. (laughs) Oh my gosh, did you? Okay, so, okay, at, at the end... It's just left down to um, Becky and Miles. Like, that's it. And they're in love. They fall in love during this movie. Oh, my God. This okay. is- <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to just mention this right now real quick. Of all the places to find a time to make out in the fucking mud pit with all oh the shit God. going down. Really? Really? That's the time to? Why not? I was like, I was like fucking seriously? It's the that heat was of the unnecessary. Moment, it's the heat of I don't the care. Like, I'm at a fight for my life. The last thing I'm going to do... It's roll around in the mud with my significant other. Why the fuck not, Steven? That's why you ain't got a girlfriend. Because I'm fucking fighting till the end. That's why. No, listen. I ain't got okay. time for this. So at the end, they, like, the whole fucking town is after these two, right? And they escape, and they're, like, hiding out. And he, like, he's, like, 
stay here, I'll be back for you. And he comes back, and this bitch is, she got body snatched. Oh, damn. Snatched him. And he's like, he's like, I should have never left you. Like, no, duh, asshole. Why did you leave her? What was the point of that? Yeah, that, that, that twist actually kind of threw I was hyped about that. I was like, oh, shit. I was so <laughs> sad one of them. I wanted them to be together. I was so happy because let me tell you, I know that we mentioned that romance was like a, a running theme in these three movies, but this was probably the cringiest. Not just for the <laughs> not just for the reasons that Steven said, but they found every reason to throw at you, yo, these guys are in love. Like the whole thing like one of the, one of the people are like, yo, like when you wake up, this won't matter. And you won't have emotions. And that like Fucking, the doctor was considering it, it almost seems like, until they're like, you won't have emotions. He's like, you don't love, but I love this girl, and I won't love her in the morning if I do this. I know, you, how do you, you know what, Dylan? Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna get real personal right now. Here don't. we go. No, I am, I am. The reason why you think that's so ridiculous is because you literally are body snatched. You have no fucking emotions. You are a pod person. That's what they call them. Right here, I, I wrote it down. Hold on, give me a second. Sierra, that's just my crippling right depression. Here. The term pod people is Jesus now used to describe, listen, the term pod, pe- pod people is now used to describe people who are emotionally and creatively dead, aka Dylan Jarvis. No emotions, creatively Yo, dead. Yo, Dylan, I'm on the same wavelength as you, bro. And no emotions you means you can't be hurt, bro. Dude, but the reality is the only reason we're married to this day is because I knew him before he lost his emotions. Before my crippling depression? <laughs> The crippling thinking, and now I'm just stuck here. Nah, I'm one of those girls who thinks she can fix him. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Okay, anyway, <laughs> no, I, the the romance was just really cute. It wasn't cute. It was just <laughs> drawn out. It was like we get it. These two like, love each other. Yeah. Come on, just get to the I'm plot. I'm with Dylan. Body snatchers. I agree with you, Dylan. I yeah. think it was a lot dragged That's out. Because you guys are sour. It was like, during that time, it was like, bring your girl to the movies and hold her close yeah. in terror as you watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And then like that, the, the throwing of the love was the heated up. That's you know? the part where the girl starts crying and the guy puts his arm around her and, and he's just like, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. They made these movies to get dudes laid. They were like, oh, yeah. we're gonna make Maybe they made them to get chicks laid. No, they threw it in there so that, like, girls would go to the movies because they could be like, oh, but it's got, like, this love story going on. And it got them hook, line, and sinker. And then they got in Word. there, and then the girls got all scared, and now they're, like, moving over. And, that's and then, and then, and then uh, what's his name? John Travolta's like, Sandy Baby, you want to wear my ring? Yep. <laughs> As they're at the drive-thru, or your drive-in, not the drive-thru. No, I'm pretty sure in the 50s they pinned you. You, you wore their pin. Oh, I don't care yeah. what they wear. This romance is drawn I, out. I used, to watch, <laughs> I used to watch the Gidget movies religiously, and Moondoggy gave Gidget his pin. I that does. Don't oh let that. God. Don't let Moondoggy's I pins distract you from the fact that Invasion of the Body Moon Snatchers Doggy. had one of the most drawn out romance plot points in any movie I've ever seen. You've clearly never watched Gidget. I'm. No. I'm gonna be honest though, because of this, like the drawn out romance, it did make me zone out a lot. I'm not going to lie, there were times where I was like, uh, you know, because rolling my eyes a little bit, like, come on, get to the, the good stuff, you know. I don't mind a little bit of a slow burn, but this was just throwing it out my face left and right. I was like, dude, Guys. come on. 
Really? Like, it don't, don't be, don't be like that. Romance is an important aspect to movies. It is, but this is a sci-fi horror. And I if mean, I want to watch a 50s, romance. From the motherfucking yes. 50s. But. It makes sense. It, I, it makes sense in the era. And I know what Sierra's saying. It does. But it was a little overkill. No. Exactly. Perfect. It was beautiful. Okay. The, the only the <laughs> only bad part about it was that she became a body snatched bitch. Oh. Should have ended wait, up. Shout out. Uh, the town is called Santa Mira, which would be later used in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch as the same town where Silver Shamrock masks are produced and where Doctor Dan Chalice and uh, uh, I can't remember the girl in that movie Ellie Greenbridge would go. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool that. Halloween three season of the witch uh, would use the same town name from this movie because I was like thinking I'm like Santa Mira Santa Mira where did I hear that from and then it just like clicked in my head and then I like fact checked it and I was like oh shit this is cool so my little fa- points for that yeah my favorite scene in this was uh, when they kind of start really realizing how much this thing is spread when the doctor calls I think he calls the police station right. Yeah, like, oh, like, there's no good lines, and he kind of realizes, like, everybody has this shit, and he's like, keep them on the phone, we need to make sure that they don't know that we're leaving, because if they know that we're leaving, then they're gonna know where to find us. Yeah, and, like, that part, like, the suspense was really fucking well done, and that was something that I really enjoyed with this movie, was it was very suspenseful, and kind of kept you on the edge of your seat, because... I mean, after they escape at that part, for example, you have all the fucking police force... At this outdoor, I think it was like a fucking hot dog stand or a donut shop or some shit. I fucking love it. It was some kind of like food truck or something. And they all just like turn around and as soon as they hear that there's like an APV for this guy, they just are, they all turn around and they go after. And it just shows like the drone mindset that they had that they had to find this guy to turn him. And I thought that that was really cool the way that that was carried out. Do you guys want some fun facts? I think yeah. it might make you. I might. I think it might might make Dylan and Stephen feel a little bit happy. Um, Kevin McCarthy, which is Doctor Miles J. Benel, whatever I don't fucking care what his name is, the main character. Um, the actor had read this. This movie is based off of a, either a short story or a book. I can't remember. But it's a um, three part uh, three part story. Okay, so McCarthy had read the the book or the stories. And he was really excited about it because of how in-depth it goes in with the dialogue and the people and developing these really intelligent characters. And when they took it and they redid it for a screenplay, they took out a lot of the depth of characters and a lot of the important information and made the characters a lot less intelligent. And uh, it actually, like, kind of ruined it for McCarthy. Like, he was really disappointed in the screenplay completely, which I thought maybe you guys would like since you guys hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it was oversaturated and it actually killed, like, it killed the vibe for me because, like, when the intense moments happened, I did appreciate them, but I didn't appreciate them as much as I would have because of the oversaturation of, like, the love in this. You know, it kind of almost made me a little sick. The love kind of takes me out of the suspense aspect of it. And I would have liked to see more of the intelligence and stuff because I think it would have been... That's why I'm thinking that's why I thought you would like that little fact. I think it would have been been cool to get a little bit more character development from these characters to where it makes And not something so sappy? Yeah, not even just the main characters, though, but everybody, so that it makes it more... 
impactful when they do get changed okay. over. Well, okay, I have another fun fact for you, which I think you will love. Don't read it. Okay. okay. You're cheating. Okay. Kevin McCarthy reprises this role twice. The first time he re- he comes back for this role is in the 1978 remake of the body um, Invasions of the Body Snatchers. The second time is in. Looney Tunes back in action. With Brendan Fraser? <laughs> Yo, it's, it's, oh it's my a shame. Gosh. In 2003. It's a shame that his character was most likely outshined by the god, of, the god that is Brendan Fraser. I fucking love... No, I, you're joking and you're making it funny. I'm not. George of the Jungle? Fucking, the Mummy? Come on. Encino oh, Man? Oh, the Mummy. Encino <laughs> Man. Wasn't he in Monkey Bones too? Yes! I'd like to think that Brendan Fraser... I like to think that Brendan Fraser is America's sweetheart. He's he's the god of our generation, and you guys need to show a little bit more respect. Okay, hey, hey, don't think it's a big joke, but like I George love Brendan Fraser and Encino Man. It's like one of my favorite movies. Encino Man is one of my favorite don't movies. Don't you love I when, he, you know. when he bites the head off? Of, no, remember in Son in Law, Erica, where it's like Polly shows at the Halloween party, and Brendan Fraser pops up dressed up like the guy from Encino Man and bites a frog, and Polly yep. like looks at him, he's like, "It couldn't be." No, couldn't and, like, be. And then he just like walks away, and like the only people who've ever seen Encino Man would have gotten that, but it was really funny. Oh my god, it was so good. Dylan disappeared. Dylan, grab me a cookie. Where did he go? I don't know. In 1994, this film was selected um, for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Really? Yeah. It is the number... It ranks at number nine on America's Film Institute list of ten greatest sci-fi films. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, it, I, you know what, though? It is It is a name that's thrown out there a lot, Especially like related with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard of this movie countless times before I actually sat down to watch it. Mm-hmm. In other movies and other like aspects, uh, all over the place. You know? Well, that's so, the thing I, though I can, too. I can see that. Is like you can see how many movies were influences. That like we were talking earlier, the things a very similar concept. Um, oh yeah, faculty is a very similar concept. Uh, I, I think that this this movie definitely inspired more modern horror movies, and uh, I, I think it did a. I, I think that it's the idea behind this movie was excellent. Whether you agree with the the way that they went about doing it, I don't think it really matters because I think the story is what's important, and the story is really cool. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll definitely agree to an extent. I just wish the delivery was there. And I'll I know go, you're bitter about the love thing. I'll go into it when I give my rating. All right. <laughs> do you guys want to get ratings, or do you? Have- I don't really have much more to no, say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good to get in ratings like, if you... I feel like this was a are. really... I'll, I'll, I'll say it when we do our ratings. Go ahead, Steven. Alright, so... Again, the story is great. Um, and it is an iconic uh, sci-fi horror, like, mentioned all over. And even with the fact checks to back it up. Uh, again, the story is good. And there are some pretty cool suspenseful moments. Uh, like, I love when... Uh, what's it? Uh, the main protagonist, um, love interest turns. Why is that echoing? Whatever. I'm just gonna keep it going. Go for it. I love it when he comes back and like he's kissing her or whatever, and she she turns and like that was like an oh shit moment. However, those um those weren't as impactful because of the constant love story thrown in my face. So for that. It kind of killed my vibe with the movie. I'm not going to lie. I zoned out a little bit. But I do appreciate its history. 
in the world of horror. But I'm gonna have to give this movie a six. Mainly because, like I said, the delivery wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be. But, you know, again, I do respect, like, you know, the movie, uh, like, the story behind the movie. And, like, you know, it, it does have an iconic and uh, respectful place in uh, horror history. Especially sci-fi horror, without a doubt. So, I'm going to give it a six, yeah. Erica. All right, so uh, I really liked it. Um, the love thing was a little meh for me, but I don't think it took away too much from it. I mean, it was a little overkill. Um, it was definitely a slow build, but it kept my interest. And I think it's a really interesting concept. And I think that obviously it's a it's a very iconic movie, and it's it was it was interesting, and and I liked it, and it was a little little less alien-ish for me, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. Cool. Sierra? <clears throat> this was my favorite movie of the night, and, and I'm going to disagree with everybody saying that the love story took away from it, because I feel that the whole reason it was so important for these two people to not be taken over by the body snatchers was because of their love for each other, and I think that it was a huge theme and a very important one in this film. Uh, maybe... It missed the mark for some viewers, but I, I think that it was an extremely important to focus on it. Um, I also think that that was the con- that was the theme for every person in the film. the The first time they hear about it is when the boy's mother is the boy's insisting his mother's not his mo- mom that he doesn't want to be left with her. She's going to take him. She's going to hurt him. That's love. He's he loves his mother and he's terrified because the person who is so important to him is taken away, and that's the reoccurring theme throughout the whole movie, which is why I think it was such a focus. Um, I'm gonna give this movie an eight. Damn, Siri, you're fishing for love. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I I'm I'm a lover. <laughs> All right. Um, I of these three movies. I did space out a lot with this one. Um, no pun intended. Yeah, that's because he was playing <laughs> that stupid game. But I, I I enjoyed it, and I think the th- of the three movies that we covered, the theme of the movie, of this movie was my favorite of the three. Um, I really liked the tone of it, the suspense for it. Um, I will say, Sierra, that when you bring up, like, the little kid and his mom, like, that, that is really cool that they do go back to that. I didn't really think about that before, but... Thanks. It was... It, I don't know. I'm surprised, because you're a mama's boy. Yo, a boy's best friend is his mother. <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know. It, I'm gonna give it a 7.5. I think that it was a good movie. It just something about it it couldn't You don't like ooey gooeyness. It couldn't hold my attention. But I think as far as like uh the way it was filmed, the pacing of the movie, the tone of the movie, the acting, everything was very well done to the point where I think it it deserves a 75, but there was something about it. I don't it, it's another one again. I don't think I'll go back and Can watch I it just again. can I just say something really quick before we say the final rating? Yeah. You complain about the love in this movie, but you yelled at me the other night because I never seen Titanic. Just saying. 
All right, continue. Wait, you've never seen Titanic? I have never seen Titanic. Yeah, get her, Erica, get her. <laughs> I only watched it for Bill Paxton. You've all seen Titanic? I will Titanic? accept that, but not seeing it. Sarah, we're watching it. It's You're coming over, we're watching There's it. There's too much love. Yeah, but it's got Leo in it. America's Sweetheart. Word. Yeah, shout out to Leo, too. Savior. Sierra? Our Horror Haven average is a 7.3. That's fair. <laughs> I, I would say so. And I think it is. Every one of you watching this screen, look out. Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the blob. And before yes. we get into the blob, I'm calling you out, Steve McQueen. We know you're not a high schooler. You're not fooling me. When you get yeah, on the you're screen, 27 year old. When you get on the screen and you're talking about being in high school and you got wrinkles on your face, but your eyes are all sunken in and shit, I'm calling you out. What did I say for the alternative title? I was a, a teenage... What was it? I don't remember. I was good though. It was fucking funny. I, was I, I said that I. Like I was a teenage, teenage middle middle aged man. I'd like to see an exposed version of this movie called The Slob, and it's about a man who poses as a high schooler to hook up with high school girls. And That's Matthew McConaughey from Days and Confused. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> they just keep getting young. Or no, I keep getting older, but they stay the same age. <laughs> Oh I, my gosh. The blob came, please. Oh fuck, I'm done. The blob came out Okay, no, I said that right. Okay. Yeah. It's just a really short title. The blob came out in 1958. It was directed by Irving S. Ye- Yeworth and it was also directed by Russell S. Downton Daunton. Daunton Jr., which he was uncredited for. Um the writer was Theodore Simpson. Simonson. God damn it, Sierra. <laughs> Good night, guys. Um, I'm out. This is why we only do two movies now. Thank Today you guys I'll for end. listening. Simonson from Theodore Simonson. It stars Steve McQueen as Steve Adam. It's Andrews. How'd you mess up Andrews? Because <laughs> the last person's name was Adams. <laughs> Hold on. You can only Hold hear on. it. Hold on. Fuck. Yeah, it stars Steve McQueen as Steve Andrews. Anetta. <laughs> I'm just reading the names ahead and waiting to hear how Sierra pronounces them at this point. You don't have to read the cast, Sierra. Don't it read the cast. It stars some people from the 50s that are old now and probably dead. All right. Okay, in the blob, a mysterious creature from another planet resembling a giant blob of jelly lands on Earth. The people of a nearby town refuse to listen to some teenagers who have witnessed the blob's destructive power. In the meantime, the blob just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Aw, shit. Shout out to Rob Q Hartel. Q music. Yeah, job, <laughs> Rob Hartel. Good job doing a uh, rev- uh, summary on it without it being, you know, ruining it. All right. It eats I'm gonna, people. I'm going to come right out and say this. This is the movie I was least excited for, and this was my favorite movie of the three. 
Why? I did. Was this right. the first time? Do watch? you love was, that they defeated yeah. it with with fire oh, okay. extinguishers? It was the first time watch, and the reason being is I've never watched this movie because just the fucking plot of a blob of jelly that eats people. I'm just like eats people. I'm yeah. like this is not it's something. It's kind of like that for. movie with the but, tire that kills people. Was this yeah. anyone else's first time watching? Mine. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fuck, man! I'm like opposite. I was like raised on this movie. This <laughs> nuts. But um, we all know I was only raised on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's true. I said yeah. it today, guys. But no. Yeah, my grandmother is terrified of this movie. She tells me at least seven times a month that she has like reoccurring nightmares with the blob. <laughs> Who wants to hear a fun fact? Do it. Is that from there? Well, it kind of is because I. F- Okay, so this movie was filmed in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which they say that town name in the movie because that's where it takes place. One of my friends is from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania that I work with. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, cause she always tells me that they do like a festival about the blob and the movie theater is still there. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. Go to the movie theater. So I have a friend that is semi-connected to this film. Look at that. Why didn't we get them on this episode? It's Sarah. That would have been dope. She's super sweet. But um... I fucking love her! I'll tell you no, I, I've always passed the movie up because the, the plot just sounds just whatever. Like, just yeah. really fucking cheesy. But I actually had a lot of fun watching it. I thought it was a really fun movie. I pictured the blob and getting I, much bigger than what it got. Like, I pictured, like, City. Like, <laughs> like King... Like, um, not King Kong. Uh, fucking... The Godzilla. But, like, why the did, blob. Why'd you go from King Kong to Godzilla? They're, like, the same size. They both... No, well, I think, I think I know why. Because Godzilla versus the Smog Monster is almost like this blobby, like creature but it's like a cesspool created by like uh like uh pollution Steven, you're, a, you're a fucking sci-fi nerd nah i just love kaiju films <laughs> that's you're, giant you're monster japanese, in japanese for anyone <laughs> but I, I i had a lot of fun watching it and i really thought you had fun like every scene you'd be like you're so old yeah, that was fun in its own, like... <laughs> but, like, literally, every time he's like, don't kiss her, you're old! Calling you out, Steve McQueen. But no, like, for example, when they're trying to convince the the town that the blob is real, and they, like, end up setting off all the car alarms and shit, like, it's such a fun scene. And it almost, to me, seemed really fucking ahead of its time, because I got, like, 80s Spielberg vibes. Like, I could see that yeah. in a Spielberg movie where, like, the kid... I think it's why. It's because... Well, it was, Spielberg would make a movie just as cheesy. Yeah, but, I mean, it's... You know, it's kids that are not believed by adults that are trying to prove that this thing's real. And it was a very yep. like, Spielberg-esque, like, storyline. And I, th- I think that's why I had a lot of fun watching it, but... Yeah. Yeah, this movie's got such a charm to it. Like, I, I, I love... This is a one once a year watch for me all the time because it really does. It just has this like charm to it, and it's like I it's such a fun watch because he just looks like so much older than everybody else. Yeah, I could get past him because I've like, seen it so many times. He didn't but... even try out for the role. It was like he his his wife or his girlfriend or something at the time was like auditioning for another movie, and they like said that he seemed like like a dirty jerk. <laughs> and he's like perfect for the role, so they just are like, "Hey, we're looking for a man who looks twice the age of a high schooler to play a high schooler, and you look That's perfect the worst for the part role." Is that he's twenty seven, which like we're all around that age. We're like not young, not super young, and we don't look 
Like, like I think, like, if they needed me to play a high schooler, I'd be able to pull it off. You know, like, I don't look fucking, like, I'm not wrinkly as fuck. Well, you gotta think, Steve McQueen was a chain smoker. He was heavy into drugs and drinking. Um, he died from mesothelioma. <laughs> oh, okay. Mesothelioma? his death. When he died, the poster from this film still hung in his bedroom. Next to his bed. That's cool. I ha- I have that poster too. I am. Well, it's great that you're here, Steve McQueen. <laughs> what if I am him and reincarnated? That'd be crazy. You're a 27 year old high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Home in the school. You know what? There is something kind of creepy though. I'm not gonna lie about like um, a 27 year old man dating a high school. <laughs> no. Well, that that, that, is, that is fucking wrong and creepy, but um. About okay, so I'm gonna take it back to like Creep Show Two, the raft. Yeah. As a kid, yeah. <laughs> that 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 scene scared the shit out of me because there's just something so creepy about a substance that could fit through any crack and just eat you alive. There's it's just very unsettling. Like it's almost like there's no escape, you know. And it's just like we don't know that cold kills it. So like you could tell obviously the raft um, in Creep Show Two was heavily influenced uh, sure. by this movie. Yeah, I, I I fucking I fucking vibe with it though. It's it's creepy. It is in a weird way. It is like fuck. Like all right for the the shot of uh, the doctor where Steve McQueen sees him in the window and it's fully engulfing his face. Like yeah. I don't know. I just put myself there. Like imagine like this gigantic like thing completely covering you and eating you alive. Like that is just so fucking unsettling. And getting I getting like, by a remake. Bird, essentially, that's what it looks like. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But, like, I think the remake did a good job of captivating the pain of being eaten alive by this thing. I haven't seen the remake either, for the same reason I never saw this one. <laughs> get, yeah, get I haven't, on it, yeah. Man. I'm with Dylan yeah. on this one. That movie's got the balls to kill a kid, guys. Don't skip out <laughs> on this one. And I think it's got Matt Dillon's brother in it, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but I, I, another thing, too, the special effects, not just with the the blob eating the doctor but when the the first guy who gets attacked by it when it covers his hand and it shows the doctor like uncover the guy's arm and his whole arm is just like the jelly stuff uh, that that was really cool okay so yeah. you know right after that when the nurse comes into the office and he's like get that acid and throw it on there yeah it's a very weak acid and it's used to treat General Awards. <laughs> General Awards. Yep, I read that too. <laughs> I also read that this blob is still intact and it's like perfectly yeah, they, like they store still it in like, like a, it. a bucket. They yeah, store it in the same cool. five gallon bucket that it was delivered to them in in 1958. Um, another, it's never been that should be out. in like a movie museum or something. Another shit. cool. Sometimes they do display it in museums. Um, another thing that's cool about the blob is that as the blob things. They added more red food coloring, so every time, like, it killed somebody, they added more red coloring to it. Was that supposed so, to symbolize, like, the blood? I think so, yeah. Like, because it when it first shows blood. it, it's clear. It's clear, yeah. 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 Uh, I think that is what it's supposed to do. Um, a lot of this movie focuses around the area of the movie theater, like, you'll see the inside, the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, during that, they go and they get their friends, and they're in the movies watching a movie called... Daughter, what is it? Daughter, Daughter of Horror. Horror, which is a real film. It was originally called Dementia, um, but it was like a, a rare cut of it that they were watching that is actually titled Daughter of Horror. On the outside, there was a poster for a movie called The Vampire vs. the Robot, I think, or 
Vampire and the Robot, and it's actually a movie poster for Forbidden Planet. That they now they, did that actually have Bella Lugosi in it? Because I saw his name on there too. Uh, they literally any words that were on there because they couldn't show the words, they couldn't show the cast or the title of the film because of copywriting. They literally like would cut, they cut out fake movie titles and pasted them over the. Uh, gotcha. Because you totally do see Bella Lugosi's name mm-hmm. on the fucking yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's the the movie poster for Forbidden. What Planet. is it? speaking of the movie theater? What is it that the friend keeps calling horror movies? Because I fucking laughed. The, the spook. The spook show. Spooky show. Yeah. Spooky shows. I, I thought you guys yeah. don't like spooky shows. Guys, want to get spooky? <laughs> Yo, I love the comparison, though. Like, you can clearly see, especially since we covered not too long ago, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, my gosh. Did they get so inspired from this movie? you got a bunch of teens who no one believes in what's going on. You've got Mooch and the boys who pretty much can be compared to the Taranzi brothers. And they're A fucking the asshole cop. cop. Yep, an asshole cop who's like, they got the whole town in on it. Like, I was just, like, I was loving the connections that I was buying Very out. Similar. I, didn't, I didn't even think about that until you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, and plus the old man in the beginning with the dog, and then he goes out mm-hmm. and sees the meteor. Like, it's just, oh, it's fucking See, awesome. See, it reminded me of the meteor shit skit yeah. from Creepshow. Yeah. As soon as later, I was like, too. say it, say meteor shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck, what was I going to say? I don't know. Sierra, any fun facts on this one? I have a couple. Um, I think I've all my fun facts have been thrown out there. Everything? Everything that I wrote down. I mean, I didn't write down everyone because some of them I was just like, eh. and some of them I probably thought I would remember. And if you're, I know that it was originally going to be called the Glob. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there were theories the that it was that it was a metaphor for communism. That was the same with um, invasion of the body invasion snatchers. of the yep. body snatchers. They thought it was uh. The, like a metaphor for communism and McCarthyism. I, I was going to bring that up in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. They, the Body Snatchers, they said absolutely not. It's not true. They denied that totally. I don't know about this one, though. Mm. One of the other names that they were playing with, too, was called the Molten Meteor. Okay. That was another one that I saw. And then what else did I say? It was produced by a religious film company. Really? Yeah, because yeah, that's it what was wow. Pennsylvania's uh, out of Pennsylvania is a company called Valley Forge Films. Mm-hmm. Um, and before releasing this, they had released hundreds of well-received Christian movies. Yeah, that's what Steve McQueen's girlfriend was doing. She was in a religious movie. I read a fun fact about Steve McQueen while looking stuff up for this movie. Um, the Charles Manson murders. Steve McQueen was really good friends with Sharon Tate, and when they ended up like apprehending the Manson family, they found a hit list of uh, people who they were planning on taking out, and Steve McQueen's name was on the list. Did the meth of Sweetie kill him before they could? And No, the reason that they, uh, the reason they wanted to kill him was because Steve McQueen refused to make a Manson movie. Like, they, he, I guess he was approached to make it, or his, his film company was approached to make it, and he refused to do it. So his name was put on the hit list by them. That's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. There is a um there's a snip since we somebody we've already had a Greece reference tonight. Mm-hmm. Um oddly enough yeah, of the blob, yeah. The blobs in, in Greece too. Yeah. yeah you know what's funny actually? Before right before I saw... he sings that Sandy song. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh Sandy. 
I got so excited when I finally watched Grease, like, and I was like, oh, it's the Blob! And, like, the <laughs> you finally watched Grease? What does that mean? No, all right, meaning, like, okay, like, I watched the Blob way before I watched Grease. Like, I didn't get to Grease until at the time I was auditioning for the part of Kaneki back in, like, middle school. Hickey from Kaneki's, like, a Hallmark card. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess you should watch this movie, right? Because I was in a bit of theater in the early days of middle school, and, uh, yeah, I was I was like, I guess you should watch this movie. And then, like, when I was the drive-in scene, I was like, holy shit, that's a fucking blob. I remember I love, I love the movie and loving scene. fucking Grease. Like, it was, like, the greatest thing to me. And now I'm like, I watch it, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I love that in this movie, when it first shows, uh, I forget their name, the, the fucking teenagers that hung out with Steve. Oh, you mean, uh, Mooch and the boys? Yeah. When it I first showed them, his name was Mooch. when it first showed them, you're like, "Oh, these guys are gonna be like dicks to him the whole movie," and then they're they race him, pals. and then like right afterwards, they're like, "Yeah, we're best friends now." <laughs> yeah, I loved it though. I, I think I, they were just busting his balls. I don't probably. Think they were, like, yeah. I loved it though. I loved the the relationship between all the characters. I thought that it was a really fun. It was a fun movie. You didn't. James Martin. James Martin's dad was a dick. The principal of the high school? I love the relationship between all the characters. I thought it made it that much more fun of a movie that they were all, like, working together and it wasn't this, like, on top of the conflict with the blob, they also have Steve McQueen fighting these other teenagers and it it just, it wasn't too much. It was just... Do you want me to ruin this for you? This was my least favorite movie of the week. Really? Yeah. I think that this movie had the best character development. To me, it was just, like... Agreed. It was so out there for me. It was just, like... I, I can take aliens more serious than jelly. I want to talk about the ending of this movie because I spread I, that blob, blob on some toast. This was the first movie, or this was my first time watching the movie. Like I'd said, and I had no idea how they were gonna kill this thing. So the entire movie, it had me guessing, like, how are they gonna do it? How are they gonna do it? And it, fire extinguishers. Yeah, it was fire extinguishers. It didn't like the cold, but I, like this movie and got drop fu- it in Antarctica. This movie got fucking dark when they're in the diner in like the cellar of the diner. Oh my and gosh. the diner's on fire, and he tells they have the a little, little boy. Kid. They have a little boy, and Janie picks him up, and she's like, "Just go to sleep." I wanted that kid to good. I wanted that kid to die. I'm gonna be honest. I wanted that kid. That kid was so fucking annoying. No, I gotta go. And he's like, but I'm guarding you. I told I told Sierra when that part was like when that part happened. When he's like, I don't like William. I'm like, yo, Sierra, I would punch that kid right down those fucking stairs. Right. <laughs> right. I was right like, shut the fuck, shut the fuck up and go to bed. God damn it. Like yeah. fuck. Really? And then he's like pretend to shoot at the blob. Dylan's never gonna have children. Punch that kid down the fucking stairs. You shut up and go back to bed. You're like five years old. You don't need to worry about where I'm going. But I I'm also guarding grew up with you. Years old, so. <laughs> Jesus. I was younger sibling. Then his parents were like, what are you doing? He was like, well, I'm God. I was supposed to be guarding you. Well, guess what? I guess you're doing a fucking shitty job. Yeah, you're passed out on the couch. Sierra, you were the one getting punched <laughs> down the stairs. That's why, that's why you like that. <laughs> Inaccurate. I used to cut off the um, antennas on my brother's uh, remote control cars so that they wouldn't go. Wow, that's fucked up. I would have punched They used to take the heads off your Barbies, though, so. Kyle lit her bed on fire, so. But you know what? (laughs) Hold up. If anybody knows Kyle Kuhout, I repeat, Kyle Kuhout, he willingly played Barbies with me all the time. If I'm not mistaken, he may currently be getting a makeover by his daughter right now in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh, I love when Kyle lets us do his makeup. He's a good sport. (laughs) All right, to the right on. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I've said everything I wanted to say about it. What do you guys... Stop being an old no, person, I think queen. I, I, I hit home on this, man. I love this movie. Mesothelioma. <laughs> you don't Meso- have to movie's definitely If you were a loved It's one, definitely a fun suffers watch. from mesothelioma. He got it from working with asbestos on a ship when he was in, like, the military or something. Ugh. That's... Asbestos and lead paint chips. Yep. Damn. And all that acid he did. Probably. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> and right. karma for trying to pick up teenagers as an old you man. You fucking pervert. We're calling you out, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, <laughs> this one's for you. All right. Steven, ratings. Steve yeah. McQueen. And- all right, so... This is a classic in the family. Uh... I've watched it with my grandparents numerous times. Uh, definitely my sister, uh, my mom, and my dad when he was alive. Uh, it's just it's got a homey feel to it. It's got such such charm, and I just I, I love this movie. I, I any like I said, this is a once a year watch. I don't really have many complaints besides yes, yeah, Steve McQueen does look old for a fucking high school. <laughs> but besides that, I have such a trip watching it and. I actually enjoy some of the sequels to this, like Beware of the Blob and Son of the Blob. Son of uh, the Blob? He had kids? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah dude. Can, Yo, like, I would like, like to see a modern take on this, because they dropped him in Antarctica. I'd like to see yeah. a, I'd like to see a sequel where, because of global warming... They made warming, it, and it's the thing. No, because of global warming, the ice caps melt, and there's nowhere cold enough to keep the blob... There you go. I heard Rob Zombie was interested in, like, doing the blob, but I don't know, like, what happened with that. But I would love to see his... Is the blob universal? I I don't think so. Uh, No, I don't think so. But I would love to see his take on the blob. I do also enjoy the remake, and if you guys get the chance, like, check it out. It's actually a pretty solid remake. I I think it came out in 1988. Uh, You know, the special effects are fucking off the wall in that movie, for (laughs) sure. And like I said, they have the balls to kill a kid. But getting back to 1958 Blob, yeah, I love it. It's a classic for me. Uh, I could watch it definitely once a year. I'm going to give this one an 8.5. All right. Erica? So this was a first-time watch for me, and I definitely liked it more than I thought I would, which is probably why I've never seen it before. Um... It was a it was a really good movie. I, I think that it had it had a, a consistent plot. I think that it had a little bit more better of character development, like I said uh, before, than than the other ones. Um, it still got that creepy sci fi feel to it, but it wasn't wasn't aliens. It it just I, I mean it was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just I liked it a lot more than um, than I thought I would, and I was really surprised by that and. I, I think that this was definitely my my fave out of the three. Um, and I think I'm going to give it a solid eight. Nice. Sierra? I don't want to say what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I'm Go, No, say it so I can get on your ass like last week. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm not going to give it that bad of a rating. Um... Uh, oh, it yeah, wasn't, like a nine's a bad rating? <laughs> it's yeah, not... Um, it's not my favorite movie. I, I just think it's, like, really out there and kind of weird. Um, which I guess is fine. I mean, to each their own. Um, I just really wasn't totally impressed by it. I, and, and I honestly think it all stems from the storyline and, and the fact that Steve McQueen was really old. It kind of, like, 
it took like and, and like I know we've been joking about how old he looked, but it, it definitely took me out of the story. I was like, it's not believable at all. Like this guy's forty looking. Like he looks old. It reminded me of um, not another teen movie where they're like, oh, there's the undercover woman and it's fucking Cloris Leachman. That's her name, right? The fucking old lady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just really out there and strange. Uh, there's definitely aspects of it that are really great. Um, like, uh, oh, fuck. I'm messing up your guys' names now. Like Dylan had said earlier, the um, connection between characters was really, it made the movie really fun. The way they kind of made fun of each other and tease each other in the beginning uh, was cool. Um, Janie, like, don't act. It's like just a, Jane here. Jane, don't <laughs> act like a goody two shoes. You were up at that lovers lane too. That's all I'm gonna say. We're calling you out, Jane. We're calling you out. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a six point five. Okay. Uh, this was my favorite of the week. L. Shut up. I like the I like, I like the um like I said I I always passed it up because of the plot but it was fun and I liked that the tone of the movie it did have a really heavy like eighties Spielberg vibe going for it um I I think my only complaint really would be the pacing uh, more towards the beginning if anything like once it gets into it it, it sticks with it but the beginning kind of drags on a bit to where. I checked the time of the movie, and it, we were, like, 30 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, we watched this in two parts. Yeah, we were 30 <laughs> minutes in, and I felt like we had been watching it for over an hour. So that kind of threw me off a little bit with it. But once it actually gets into it, and they're, like, trying to warn the town and stuff, I had a blast watching it. And this, out of the three movies that we watched, is probably the only one that I could see myself watching again at some point. Um, I'm going to come in with Erica. I'm going to give it a three, or an eight. Three. Do you just say a three? Yeah, yeah I was like, whoa, because well, I, I did the, uh, I added all of them together and it came up to 31 and I was looking at that when I was about to say it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it an eight though. And that gives it an average of a 7.8. Totally fair. That was, that was my place to say. My when, bad. Yeah. It is your bad. <laughs> so, another decade so. down. Another decade down and, um, yeah, it's cool. Kira, you sound really disappointed in us right now. No, I'm not disappointed at all. I'm good. She's I'm very good. mad that I said the average rating. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm sad because Dylan told me that I could host this one, and then, he, but he always does that. I'm going to get fucking hit when we get off of this. No, I do not. Please stop telling people I hit you. I Dylan, Dylan, if she breaks your dundies or smashes your TV, you can come stay at my place. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. What? It's been a blast. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't do the outro like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. No, shut also, up. I'm with you. Also, be sure to leave us a rating, uh, leave us a review, Only and subscribe to us. Only three stars or above, on. unless it's about my voice. <laughs> or my yeah. band. I've got if a band. If you guys leave us a review, we'll, like, we'll shout you out. Because oh, fuck. Like... Wait, hold up. Okay. Um, in... February, February sixteenth, is it? The Madden. Yeah. yeah. Okay, February sixteenth. Um, if you guys are in the Charlotte area in North Carolina, Horror Haven, the majority of Horror Haven will be hitting up the Mad Monster Party. Please come out and maybe you'll see us. Maybe you won't. It doesn't matter because you don't know and what you look like. Uh. In the beginning of March, I will be at Monster Fest in New Jersey. 
Nice. So if anyone is going to that convention, my cousin Nick and I will be uh, tape searching and uh, hanging out on that Saturday of the convention. So if you're around, shoot me a message or anything like that on Insta, and let's meet up and enjoy some fucking horror conventions. This is my first one, so I know this is your guys' first one. I'm super fucking excited. I will tell you I'm not going to wait in line to meet people. Like I'm just, I, I don't know. I want to hit up like all the stops, you know? Dude, we're waiting in line to meet people because the fucking lineup that they have for this convention is stacked. I'm... Nick Castle, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, no, no, it is good, too. Same with us, but, like, you do have to pay money to take a picture with them. Just, you know, Not be prepared the for that. Not though! <laughs> they just, the Hag is free! They just announced, yes, Best the Hag and um, Alex Vincent and Christine Elise from Child's Play. Nice. Still no Bill Mosley, so Sierra's not happy. <laughs> I think on ours they announced John Carpenter, uh... Uh, quite a quite a bit of the cast from um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and including some of the clowns. So that's pretty fucking cool. Well, we have um, Robert England, Nick Castle. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't uh, remember the full lineup, but it's gonna be a fun going, time. Are you going to Monster Mania? Is that probably in New? It's in New Jersey. It's in yeah, March. they just released Tim Curry for that one. If I'm not what? Mistaken. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. Make me go Tim Curry. I would double- I would double check, Stephen, but I think that I read that they just released Tim Curry for that one. Yeah, I gotta look up the lineup again, but oh my, God. my cousin Nick goes every year and he's like, dude, it is your time to finally come to a horror convention. <laughs> and he's and that's where he got like all his bootleg cuts of like uh, Halloween six. So there because there's like five different cuts. And like me being a movie collector, like I'm going hard. He said, Yeah, dude, you could find some like some fucking pretty rare cuts there at these, like, stops, like, these little booths, so. Erica, there was a shop in Rosendale. They sold all, like, vintage horror stuff for a while. It was called Rosendale Retro? It was called Rosendale Retro. Um, We would go there all the fucking time. The guy's gonna be at uh, Mad Monster Party. Yeah, he's one of the vendors. Yeah, Yeah. Rosendale Retro is one of the vendors. All right, let's wrap out this episode, though. Um, Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast, on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering the 1940s while continuing our decades in horror. Uh, we're going to be covering the movies Cat People and I Walked with a Zombie. So stay tuned. Yeah. And have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Ratings and reviews. Por favor. Can we just like insert Bill Mosley saying good night there, please? Good night. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> e- X I T Exit <laughs> Good night oh, oh, good night Good night Good night <laughs> Good night Good night <laughs>